Welcome to Genesis NFT by NFT's What The Fuck, hosted by me, Jamie Burke. We're doing a retrospective on the history of NFTs, its key moments and people, from counterparty to rare pepes, crypto punks and kitties, from Xcopy to Pack, and people's record auction. With the stories from the people inside the hurricane and hear their hopes and fears for its future, these episodes, now over 16 hours have been recorded, will be turned into a single audio documentary released as an NFT time capsule. Follow at NFTs WTF to keep updated on the drop on Twitter. My name's Angie Taylor, and um, my role in the ecosystem is I'm an artist, sculptor, animator. I also am fairly involved in community, so particularly in, with Walker, Women of Crypto Art, and I'm just very, very chatty and like being part of the community. So what do NFTs mean to you? Um, creative freedom and community are the two most important things that they've provided for me. I got into NFTs basically, well, it was a bit before COVID, actually. I started looking at NFTs. Um, so I'd been observing them probably from the beginning of last year, end of the year before, so to end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Um, a friend of mine had got into them, Algamistic, and uh, I'd been asking him questions and kind of observing it and found it really fascinating and interesting. But I was working, didn't really have the time to do anything, didn't really understand it properly, was a bit scared of cryptocurrencies and stuff because I'm not very good financially. So I kind of shelved it. But then when COVID hit, I thought my business kind of got really badly affected. So I thought this is the perfect opportunity just to explore it a bit more. And um, applied for Super Rare, and then it's been down the rabbit hole since then, as they say. Yeah, I mean, that that's really interesting. I'm hearing a lot of creators who have discovered crypto as a byproduct of NFTs, like just by selling NFTs. Um, so I'm assuming you kind of had no prior interest, or if you did, it was, as you say, a bit more skeptical. Yeah, I, I was interested. A friend of mine got into Bitcoin really early, like, you know, when they were cost a matter of dollars. And we had discussions about it then. And I was really interested in it, but I'm really scared of numbers. I've got I've got dyslexia and I'm not good with numbers. So anything financial just scares the shit out of me. So I tend to do things like avoid doing my accounts. And anything that's kind of to do with money or finance I just switch off so I although I found it interesting because it seemed quite revolutionary and seemed to be changing things for a lot of people in developing countries and things that's that sort of social side of it interested me but like I say I was just too scared to get involved in it because it seemed to be for financial people and then when crypto art came along I thought well, this is kind of a way of me being able to get into this, but through art rather than through finance. And so how did you, how did you, do you feel about the financialization component? Because, you know, you speak to some people and for them it is, it's all about the financialization of art, of media, of creative industries, um, enabling a, a creator economy. Well, it's funny because 
within the art world, I'm not really interested in the finance in the art world either. I'm just interested in finding a way to create my art and make a living from it. So that that's really my interest in crypto art. But through that, I have got more interested in the financial side of it and what it can do to change people's lives and how it's shaking up the system as well. I've always been a bit of a kind of sort of left-wing, revolutionary, radical, rebel kind of type person um, and have always kind of had difficulties with the way the world works, basically. So the power to be able to change things is something that really interests me about it. But I am so new to it and I feel like I don't know enough about it, so I get very nervous about talking about it, really, more than what I've said there. Yeah, well, don't worry. I feel uh, confused by it constantly, and it's my my job. Mm. I have recently started getting into looking at different currencies, so that's my first kind of step out of Ethereum, really. So I've been looking at Tezos because of the ecological um, benefits of working on that platform. I'm also looking at Hedera Hashgraph because of the ability to create apps in it and the fact that I think that's going to appeal to more of an enterprise sort of community. So I'm, I'm actually looking at these different platforms and what they can do. And it's weird because I think I shouldn't be looking at this. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> but I, I have a kind of natural interest in how things work. And it's actually the interest in how it works that's pushing me forward rather than the interest in money. Yeah, so we'll come to the ecological part later because obviously that is a, a relatively recent theme in the context of NFTs anyway, but of course not generally with Ethereum. Um, but I am interested in, you know, you, you talk about yourself as a bit of a rebel. I know that you use, uh, I think in your artwork, but definitely in your kind of socials, um, a lot of punk imagery and um i wonder whether you see nfts as punk yeah well i was part of the punk movement in the 1970s i'm that old um so one of the things that really did appeal to me about crypto art was it completely reminded me of punk the diy attitudes the um anyone can do it you know you don't need expensive equipment or to be part of an exclusive network to get involved you just jumped in and started making art and people seemed to embrace it. And um, that really reminded me of back in the 70s where you could just go and buy a cheap guitar from Woolworths and start playing. And suddenly people were hiring bands that didn't have a record deal to play in concert halls and people were making their own fanzines. And it was a very, very similar feeling to the feeling now. And actually, now that um, I did an interview with uh, Nifty Time last year, and I was saying that my fears for crypto are, are that it's going to go the same way as punk did. And actually, that has started happening now. But I think we're in a much better position to react to that and make it happen in a different way than we were during the 70s with punk. So I normally ask this question at the end, like what are your fears and hopes for NFTs? But I think, you know, given it's come up, it would be good for those that perhaps aren't aware, like what happened 
to punk what is this fear that you fear could happen to nfts well i I think it's just i think it's unavoidable in a way that when something becomes more successful or more popular that uh the people who are only interested in it for the financial gains get involved yeah that that has a a few different effects so one effect is that people that were there at the beginning uh, get kind of smothered by it and want to leave get disillusioned um also i think some of the people that are there at the beginning are naturally into new fresh things so as soon as something becomes stale or mainstream they have this kind of natural urge to want to find the next big thing particularly outsiders if you've always been an outsider growing up you're used to being an outsider so you don't want to be in the mainstream you want to be where you feel comfortable even though it's not where you would have chosen to be in the first place so um i think that happens i think also the people that are in it for the money are probably more ambitious and more confident people so they they tend to then take over and then it changes because the whole uh kind of spirit of it is with the people that did it through the, through passion not through wanting to make a quick buck yeah interesting and so you said why you think that might not happen with nfts is that because because it's a democratizing technology, so it, it can continue to innovate, it's permissionless, or is there another reason? Yeah, there's that, but there's also, I think the community is much, much stronger than the punk community was. The punk community, because at that time there was no internet, there was no, you know, people were in little pockets all over the UK, but they weren't connected to each other. So, for example, you know, things would be kicking off in London. Punk was really huge. It actually took almost a year for it really to filter all the way up to Aberdeen, where I was. So people were doing what people were doing in London a year later in Aberdeen. Um, And that's changed now. With the internet, everyone's on, like, equal footing, really. And that makes the community much stronger. The one thing that I've really noticed with the crypto art community is people can have debates and discussions without falling out. There's a lot of people from different backgrounds, different points of view. And yeah, occasionally there's a bit of a drama on Twitter, but really everyone does stick together and everyone's got each other's backs. Um, And I think that's what will hopefully make a difference as well as the technology as well, being able to adapt and change. Right, so let's jump to your defining moments. As I said, it could be three defining moments or a defining moment, and it can be personal or, or uh, I guess, industry-wide. Okay, so I think the first was um, Algo Mystic introducing me to crypto art for the first time. Always be very grateful to him for that. Um, <clears throat> the second would have been really, I think... Uh, Black box dot art Sparrow got me. I think seeing some posts from Sparrow got me really interested in um, a her work, but also b the kind of noticing that there was this kind of left field attitude and people that that really cared about the art, but also the community. 
I just picked that up from messages. So Sparrow was a big um, one of the reasons that I got into it. Also, Al Simpson, seeing her work as well was really influential. And then she art came about uh, as part of that. Um, basically, there were a lot of women doing crypto art, but not actually speaking very much or posting their work very much. I just noticed there was a general lack of confidence amongst women. So I, I think uh, Sparrow and I both started up different lists for crypto artists who ID'd as female or she. And um, that kind of, we ended up talking about doing an exhibition just to try and give people a bit of a leg up and give them a bit more confidence to talk about their work. So I ended up doing the she art exhibition in crypto voxels. So getting into crypto voxels and building that gallery and doing the she art exhibition was a really, I, I feel like that got me really uh, sort of rooted into the crypto art community at that point. And then the next big, one of the biggest uh, things that's actually kept me here and maintained me has been Metaparse, uh, meeting Tubador and talking to Tubador about their um, philosophies and uh, the way that they think about community and the metaverse has been massively inspiring. And of course, they're one of the biggest supporters of my work. Funnily enough, a lot of artists seem to like my work, but I have a lot of difficulty getting bids from collectors for some reason. Um, I think maybe because my characters aren't kind of, you know, immediately sexy or attractive <laughs> they're, they're a bit harder to like a bit like me so um i've had a bit of difficulty getting bids from big collectors but metaparse have always been there um there's been a few others physique basilius sparrow um but metaparse have you know bought lots of my work and i've had a lot of time chatting with them and the b20 thing was um, i just think an incredible achievement I don't know whether I would still be able to support myself as well if it hadn't been for Metapass. Yeah, that's great to hear. So we we talked about some of your concerns. What are your hopes for the NFT space? It's funny because I try not to think too far ahead in terms of what I want it to become. But I suppose my biggest hopes are to do with the technology. I used to do VR experiences, like make them in Unity. So they're almost like self-contained little games, but they're art. They're not games as in, you know, you do it to entertain yourself. They've got a message. But they're like games. They're self-contained, executable Unity files. Um, and I really would love to tokenize those. And that's what's kind of got me interested in Hedera, Hashgraph and other technologies where you can actually build applications. That's kind of where I am at the moment. I want to create um, NFTs with, with a story. So almost like um, in the way that you tell a story with a cartoon strip. So it's some, something similar along those lines. So that's that's kind of what's in my head at the moment. Doing doing more story based NFTs that aren't just single images, but are maybe a series of images or uh, animations or executable VR experiences that can be tokenized and exhibited. 
Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally very excited about VR and NFTs in the context of the metaverse and how these can become, as you say, experiences and then hopefully social experiences as well, rather than something that's just a file in a wallet. Mm. Yeah, I've been exploring quite, like I've got some, I've got a gallery in Somnium Space and Crypto Voxels. I really want to get somewhere in Decentraland, but I'm not sure which district to go for. So that's kind of held me back for far too long. But I've also been looking at VR Land, which is uh, vrland.io, which I love because I can import like quite high resolution 3D models because a lot of my work is sculpture. So what's kind of held me back from crypto voxels and Somnium spaces I haven't really been able to display my sculptures in the quality that I'd like to see them displayed. And VR Land somehow have managed to incorporate some really amazing compression technology that allows them to display quite high resolution 3D models uh, within a gallery space. So I've got a gallery there that I'm kind of exploring options with that. So hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, like, rate, and review. We're going to be dropping two of these a week, so make sure you don't miss a beat. And also follow us on at NFTs WTF to keep updated on the NFT time catch will drop.